Now, here are your hosts, Travis Dunn and Scott Taylor. I continue to be Giving Hearts Day in the Valley, and uh, we go from Giving Hearts Day to a hockey show. Uh, well, <laughs> that's quite a change, uh, but we do appreciate you listening in each and every Thursday. And congratulations, Jerry. Well, you know what? It's been a tumultuous number of years around this part of the country, all sorts of things going on. And, and kudos to everyone who's given today, showing the generosity. $21 million is absolutely spectacular. And uh, we can't say thank you enough for supporting each other as we go through this thing called life. Uh, but we do sincerely appreciate it. And KFGO, obviously, the great support they give uh, is very thankful for that opportunity on this platform. This is Game on Hockey from the Nillis Law Firm Studios. This is uh, each and every Thursday night. I'm Travis Dunn with my broadcast partner, Scott Taylor, uh, and Polly Lines uh, running the show back there. We are on YouTube live so if you're joining us there yes we can indeed see these smiling faces text club number is 35270 twitter at travis g done one and at s taylor sports if you want to follow us on a weekly basis updates of, of sports stuff and who's going to be on the show uh and with that i introduce my my friend uh, my my co-partner and my partner in this uh in this uh, endeavor hey scott how are you doing endeavor hey scott how are you I am wonderful. This is a, an outstanding evening for me tonight because I'm getting you twice. I get a Travis Dunn and then I get a second Travis Dunn. So I'm hearing you twice. Oh, and you are. Twice as oh, smart you are. as I might have been otherwise. So this double Travis Dunn I'm getting from the studio at KFGO has made me smarter already. Well, I tell you what. Slower, well, so this you. whole thing will work out. We'll work our way through this. If, you know, this is not brain surgery, as they say. This is radio, and we try to enjoy doing it every week. Uh, and you know, we do enjoy it every week, and we're so fortunate to have the opportunity. You talk about goofy things uh, today. What uh, today woke up to snow, an inch and a half of snow. Then it started to melt because it went to forty degrees, and now tonight we have a blizzard warning. This uh, psycho season is kind of like ho- the hockey season, isn't it? It's uh, the ups and downs are rather incredible, and we witnessed it. You witnessed it at the Winnipeg Arena, Winnipeg Jets versus the, the Minnesota Wild just a couple days ago. Oh, and he's gone now. So, uh, yeah, well, tell you what, we'll work with this. Our, our guest today, uh, well, the newest member, yeah. uh, well, the newest member of Argo Force will be joining us. Uh, he's actually on the screen right now. Dakota McIntosh, he's a Winnipeg uh, native. Uh, just arrived in town yesterday. He was, I guess we, we'll call him on loan, but he's not on loan. He played in Fairbanks in the, of the NAHL, and now he's a Fargo Force. We'll be making his uh, entry into the Fargo Force uh, uh, lineup this weekend. Uh, we have the Pilot Mountain Academy, Rod Collins. Now, who's Rod Collins? Uh, Rod Collins has been involved in Notre Dame Academy. He's been involved with uh, Shattuck St. Mary's. Uh, he helped develop players like, well, Zach Parise, Taylor Chorney down the line, a lot of UND players. Uh, and they have a great announcement in Pilot Mound as this academy now grows into something which uh, his, he vision, envisioned, I'm sure, back in the day. However, now he's stepping this up even with an addition to a new program within his program in Pilot Mound, Manitoba. So I have him in the second segment. Third segment, well, we're going to go deep dive. Uh, maybe Kentucky Derby talk with Scott Taylor, uh, but Kevin Gorg will be joining us. Bally Sports North, uh, Horse Racing, and Minnesota Wild. Uh, probably some horse racing. Yeah, these two guys kind of love that, uh, Scott. So, Kevin Gorgon, you can figure out who's going to win the Kentucky Derby. Oh, yeah, that's going to happen. I have to admit, though, last year I, I, I placed a futures bet um, months earlier. 
and then woke up after the Kentucky Derby and didn't win the Derby. With the horse I bet on at the Derby, I failed to win. Woke up the next day and I had an extra hundred bucks in my account. Okay. And that happened. And okay. I went back through the history and found out that I picked the winner as a futures horse four months earlier and then didn't bet him on race day. Okay. Well, I guess that I don't bet. Well, I guess that I don't bet. You know, so we see that's why I needed the double to just get smarter. There you go. Well, that's obviously been proven in that case. You know, you can also bet. I was watching, uh, you know, we've been listening to Super Bowl stuff uh, morning tonight. Um, And you can bet on which color Gatorade will be dumped on the coach of the winning team. Uh, What other things are they betting on that are so incredibly silly? But. $4 $4 billion being wagered. Oh, they expect $7.6 billion now. It may be the largest single day of wagering in the history of mankind. Um, it's at least $7.6. It may get to 8 or $9 billion before it's over. Now that they have legalized online betting in New York State, it has put everything just through the roof. They were $1.6 billion alone in January in new york state so it's 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 going to be an incredible sunday in terms of wagering so my ten dollars with four points on the Bengals is not going to have much of an effect on the final outcome oh boy tell you what it's it's absolutely amazing but you know what we're going to do we're going to continue to talk hockey this is this is what this is supposed to be a little gambling conversation it is a super bowl weekend uh and the weather like you said has been kind of crazy but a crazy week the gentleman we're opening the door will open right now and let him in will be his name is dakota mcintosh started out the week in fairbanks alaska he's now planted in fargo north dakota welcome to the show dakota it's a pleasure to be on. Thanks for having me. Well, what kind of week did you have? Uh, obviously, when did the Fargo Forest reach out, or how was that communicated to you that you needed to get on a plane, a train, a bus, and an automobile, get your behind into uh, the, out, of the, out of Fairbanks into, into Fargo? So I was in Pittsburgh for the top prospects for the North American League. And um, so, yeah, later of the night, uh, while we got there, me and my GM were talking, and, yeah, he came up to me and told me that he was going to send me to the Fargo Forest. And um, apparently it had been talked over for a couple months and it was in the works. But yeah, he came up to me and told me that uh, I was going to Fargo and um, that he thought it was a great opportunity. And, you know, I was open to it because I agreed. How big a step do you expect it to be from the NA to the USHL? I think it's going to be a lot faster and a lot more skilled. I've heard that it's a completely different league, but um, nothing I'm not up for. But yeah, I expect a lot faster, smarter and more skilled hockey than the NA. So for those who don't know, you grew up in Winnipeg, um, yeah. played for the Bruins here, um, played for the Warriors, I believe. Yeah. One point right. back in your history. Um, tell us your journey, how you got from starting to play hockey um, to now becoming a member of the Fargo Force. So I started out hockey. I kind of got into it because um, my dad's a beer league goalie. So I always, <laughs> I always watched him play hockey and I um, always wanted to score on him. So that definitely got me into the sport. But um, yeah, from a young age, I started playing hockey at four. Um, and ever since, I never looked back. Uh, fell in love with the game. And uh, as I got older, I was always playing at the top level. And then as I got older, started reaching out and started learning more about the college process. Especially with COVID going on, couldn't really play in the WHL. So my path changed. And um, yeah, I went to Dubuque's main camp in the summer. And um, obviously, Fairbanks saw me play there. And um, Trevor Stewart reached out and we got things working and they drafted me on draft night and played there this whole season. It was awesome. 
and now I'm in Fargo. Has weather changed much since you've gone from Fairbanks to Fargo? Um, it's a definitely it's definitely a different kind of cold. If it's a uh, negative thirty in Fairbanks, it's negative thirty. Um, <laughs> there's not a lot of wind up there, but yeah, no, uh, it's a lot different. That's for sure. It's a lot warmer. <laughs> well, it is hockey weather, is it not? Oh yeah, it is. It is such hockey weather. I completely agree with that. Well, now, you, you, had you planned to well, go the WHL route? Yeah, yeah, I'm echoing. You made the decision to to maybe go to the United States and go to college. Yeah, um, when I was younger, that was definitely me and my family's goal. It was nice and nice and close to home, and it was the only route we really knew growing up. So my intentions were to go to the WHL route, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm so happy it worked out this way. I think it's going to be awesome. When did you commit to Maine? I committed to Maine on January 14th, so a couple of weeks ago. So that's that's kind of a brand new decision. Yeah, it is. So what was it about Maine that you liked? They've always been a powerhouse school, great program. I fell in love with the coaches since day one. They reached out. They were one of the first schools to reach out to me, I believe it was in October. And ever since then, they've had faith in me. They've always been, they've trusted my process. There's the unspoken trust in between us. And I felt real comfortable going there, especially with all the great facilities. And um, me and Ben Barr really like each other. And they think I have a great future with their program. So I thought it was an easy peasy decision. Well, you've got an assistant coach out of Manitoba who um, certainly likes Manitoba players with Alfie Michaud. So you're going to probably get an opportunity to play right away. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's awesome, especially with that connection with Alfie. He, me and him spoke a couple of times and I was talking about my commitment. And yeah, he loved the opportunity to uh, be able to coach a Manitoba boy. And um, I love to have a Manitoba coach. Well, he had Brady Keeper and sent him to the National Hockey League. So obviously you're going into a good program. Exactly. That's another good, that's another reason I chose Maine. I've seen they've had great NHL players who've gone through their program. So another reason I wanted to go there. Now tell us about Fargo. Have you talked to the coaches? Have you talked to Kerry Eads? Have you talked to the folks there? What do you expect your role to be in Fargo? I expect my role to start lower, um, but I'm going to prove myself and work my way up the lineup more of a power forward myself. I like to use my speed, my size, and they brought me on as a heavy body to grind in the corners and also score the puck so i i think my role will start a little bit lower but i'm more than happy to work my way up the lineup how big are you now six two six three six foot two yeah 190 200 194 yeah well so yeah you're a big body in front yeah you be able to move travis dunn out of the way back in the day <laughs> um how, how excited are you about your opportunity I'm so excited. I feel like it's going to be great for me and my family being close to home and um, it's a great program. And yeah, I couldn't be any happier. Well, the one question I'm going to ask, and hopefully there's no reverb going here because Polly makes sure he takes care of all that. But, uh, you know, obviously school is a big part of this equation too. You're going to University of Maine next year. School is a very big, important part of that. You've been going to school in Fairbanks. Now you're here. How does that whole schooling situation work out for you? So we thought it would be easiest when I was uh, making my decision to go to Fairbanks to try and find a school that was online back in Manitoba. So I started my, uh, it's called Manitoba Brightspace. It's in Formnet. So I've been doing a school from online so that it's easy to transfer my papers and everything when I graduate back to my hometown school. Perfect. Do it. Perfect. I think so too. So it where was did you awesome. graduate from? Uh, J.H. Bruns Collegiate. Oh, yeah. Safe to yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, good for you. 
Well, that's that's uh, well, great. Uh, you know, Dakota, thanks for jumping on board. We really appreciate it. Welcome to Fargo. We'll hopefully get a chance to watch you play. I know hopefully your parents with uh, COVID, et cetera, can get down here and get that test that uh, is a little expensive, but I'm sure it'll be well worth it for them to come down and finally get a chance to see you play live in Fargo for the Fargo Force. Yeah, I agree. I think it'll be awesome. Uh, that's Dakota McIntosh. What a great representative for the Fargo Force, Scott. Oh, I'm excited to see how things go. We've had a number of players in the last couple of years go to the USHL and, and find that they've they, their careers just get jump-started with, um, with uh, Pasternak and Perron and uh, Adam Ingram this year going to Youngstown. Uh, it's going to be a great opportunity for Dakota. And um, we're playing for uh, Alfie Michaud in Maine is going to be a good, good experience too. Yeah, well, you would, would have been a good fit for University of North Dakota with the first name of Dakota. But, uh, you know, well, hope to get a chance to play the Fighting Hawks uh, somewhere down the line as well. Thanks, Dakota, for joining us. Scott, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll uh, talk with Rod Collins, our sponsored content, Pilot Mount Hockey Academy. Big, big, exciting opportunity coming up here for U18ers. So make sure to tune in if you're looking for a place to go to play at a, at a wonderful hockey program. With that, we'll take a break. You're with Scott Taylor. I'm Travis Dunn on the Mighty 790 KFJO and 104.7 FM. On this Giving Hearts Day, we appreciate you tuning in to Game On Hockey with Scott Taylor. I'm Travis Dunn from the Nillis Law Firm Studio, broadcasting on the mighty 790 KFJO and 104.7 FM. Uh, to follow us on Twitter again, it's at TravisGDunn1 and at S. Taylor Sports, if you want updates uh, weekly, who will be joining us. Uh, a little heads up for next week. Uh, that'll be the 17th of Thursday. We are reuniting the Herkus Circus from the 1987 UND National Championship Hockey Team. Tony Herkus, Steve Johnson, and Bob Joyce will be joining us, all three of them, and uh, try to wrangle all three guys in an interview. Uh, we're getting pretty good at that. We've had that a number of times this year, but the Herkus Circus. And the following week on the 24th, there's been quite a bit of uh, information out there. Paul Nasser, Michigan Daily News. Uh, did quite an expose on the University of Michigan hockey team. Of course, we've been hearing about this story about the not playing in a game because of, uh, well, their stars are playing in the World Junior Championships. And so some emails leaked that they, that was leaked back from last summer. They didn't want to participate in the uh, Great Lakes Invitational because of that. And so those leaked out. And there's been other sorts of things, all sorts of other things now come to the forefront with Michigan hockey. He's done a, quite an expose on it. It's on Twitter. You can look it up at Paul Nasser on Michigan Daily News and uh, Michigan Hockey, of course, and he'll be joining us on the 24th uh, to give us the inside information on his opinion on what's going to be happening. His opinion is that the uh, coaching staff, Mel Pearson, will be one that will no longer be coaching uh, the University of Michigan hockey team at some point this season, and they may not be invited to the NCAA tournament. So there's all sorts of great information. We'll have uh, Paul Nasser in a couple of weeks on that on the 24th. But with that, uh, the Herkus Circus, of course, the 17th. Uh, remember to stay on board here, 6.30 UND Men's Basketball at St. Thomas. With that, I throw the ball over to my partner, Scott Taylor and Rod Collins. Go ahead, Scott. Rod Collins, how are things going at Pilot Mound? Are you uh, still putting more players into the OCN Blizzard program of the MJHL? <laughs> well, we got a few. We have a few there, obviously, and we got some kids out of the north that I'm expecting will will return there after they graduate, and uh, that's our goal. Obviously, is get them into junior hockey. Now, when when you're recruiting, and and we've had all of the coaches on number of times all season long and every time they deferred to rod they said well we we're spending our time coaching we're not doing a lot of recruiting 
How is the recruiting going for next year? Well, uh, when we get off here, I have three calls, one from Quebec, two from the States. Uh, so I would say that it's going pretty well at this time of the year. I'm kind of reaching out and talking with the coaches on maybe hiring somebody to give me some assistance there as a head scout and assistant GM. So I'll put that out on the air here now. But uh, no, I have a lot of contacts and uh, I use those. This past year was fairly tough. I had a lot of kids lined up that uh, due to vaccine, vaccine reasons or COVID reasons uh, didn't come. So that was a bit of a struggle for us, but we got our numbers and uh, right beside me outside this, this hall here right now, we're working day and night putting up this new facility with the dorms and the new dining area and lounge and balcony and it's going to be quite impressive. You know, Rod, you've been involved in this game of hockey for an awful long time. Shattuck St. Mary's, Notre Dame. Uh, obviously, you have a blueprint that you want to put together for your academy. Did you ever anticipate it would get to this point potentially this quickly? Well, um, I, I, I honestly, I'd say no, uh, but we worked hard to uh, to increase our teams. And this year, we've been granted a U18 prep team to go along with our other uh, U17 boys and U15 boys and U18 girls. So uh, we are going continue, continue to expand. And uh, you know what? Uh, I guess the answer is no, I wouldn't expect it to happen this quickly, but we are getting there in, the, in our seven or six or seven short years. I mean, it's, it's on one hand for the number of teams you have now, but also this construction for the building. I mean, this is going to be just a, a spectacular place for kids to come and play hockey. Well, that's what we want. We want it comfortable. And, uh, you know, we managed with these portable dorms and dining and so on so far. But it's, it's quite a design where all the lounge area is up top and it's all open down to the viewing down to the dining area. We'll put in the, in the basement area uh, a shooting area and our weight room down there as well. So it's going to be a, a very spectacular facility and uh, whether <laughs> I don't sure you make kids buy nice buildings, but it will be a nice place for them to live and work. Well, I think it does help when kids can come and see that Pilot Mound is getting bigger and better for them um, than, than coming to a very, very small town where people understand it's a small town and maybe they don't have the facilities of, of a Winnipeg or a Brandon or a Regina or Notre Dame, some of these historically um, big prep schools, but then they can come to Pilot Mound now and see that it's a pretty first-class operation. Yeah, and, you know, we, we want to make it that way. You know, I, I think when you come into this town and see this building here, once we're done, we're on the second floor now and going for the rafters here right away. You're going to see quite a spectacular building, along with our arena and our locker rooms, you know, mm -hmm. and our school. They're all a good fit here, and they're all very close. So I think we've got the right plan in place and a very comfortable place to to work and learn for these uh, student athletes. And uh, it'll save me driving around so many miles, <laughs> pick, picking up kids. 
Well, I tell you what, you have put on a few miles over the years when you've coached players like, well, like Zach Prize and, and any Zach Prize's in this lineup uh, at Pilot Mound this, this past year or upcoming years? I haven't seen one yet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, I, to be honest with you, this year we're pretty average, but we've got a great bunch of kids. And that, that's more important to me right now than anything. I mean, we never have discipline issues and they're always on time and they're well-mannered. And in this family atmosphere, our cooks know every kid's name and they thank them with every meal and we're complimented on our behavior on the road and, and we never have issues at school. So these are all very, very important things to us right now. And I hope I'm recruiting the same type of kid for next year. Well, that's the hope of every parent and an awful, awful lot of uh, good things to be coming down the line for the Pilot Mound Academy. Pilot Mound Academy, just go online. You can do all the searching. Rod Collins, the head guy, uh, Shattuck St. Mary's, Notre Dame Academy. These are experienced people that can take great care of your daughter or son as they chase that hockey dream. Thanks for joining us, Rod. We really appreciate it. Enjoy the beautiful day. Uh, we'll take a quick break here. We'll be back after this break with Kevin Gorg, Bally Sports North, Wild, Jets, all sorts of Kentucky Derby. We've got lots of things to talk about here on Around, on around the Rink, on Game on Hockey, on the Mighty 790 KFJO and 104.7 FM. Well, welcome back to Game on Hockey from the Mighty 790 KFJO and 104.7. Scott Taylor, Travis Dunn, each Thursday night. We started at 5.30. We'll be doing it at 5.30 for a while. The reason being, UND basketball has been starting at 6.30 in the evening. So UND at St. Thomas at 6.30, so please make sure to stay tuned for that. Also, join me on Saturday morning on the sister station, 740 The Fan, uh, for Around the Rink. I, I let that slip now and then, but I do do a show on, I do do a show, I do a show as well on Saturday morning. Uh, and this Saturday, uh, well, he was a lot happier day before yesterday. Bill Curl will be joining, Miss, joining me. His daughter, Britta Curl. University of Wisconsin forward was traveling to Los Angeles and on to China to take the place of an injured uh, USA women's hockey player. Uh, unfortunately, she tested positive for COVID, so she is not Olympic. So Bill will still join me on Saturday morning to talk about, obviously, the disappointment of that, but obviously the excitement of what is to come for his daughter, Britta Curl, who will be, I'm sure, in many Olympics uh, to come. And so hopefully the Olympic experience for this uh for this year has been good for all of us. Uh, we've been watching a lot of curling, a lot of hockey, and all sorts of other fun things as well. But first, a little bit of business on this side. This is Anillis Law Firm Studio. Established in the early 1900s, Anillis Law Firm provides legal services in more than 10 areas of practice, including business and corporate law, estate planning, wills and trusts, probate, commercial litigation, adoption services, as well as real estate. A division of Anillis Law Firm is Northern Title which provides complete closing and escrow services along with title insurance policies for all types of real estate transactions in North Dakota as well as Minnesota. Call the Nillis Law Firm at 701-237-5544 or look them up on the World Wide Web at nillislaw.com. We appreciate their sponsorship all hockey season long. And Scott, a little bit of activity going on in the National Hockey League today. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers are without a coach. Well, now they have hired a coach, Dave Tippett, former UND forward, has now been relieved of his duties. And Martin St. Louis is now the head coach of the Montreal Canadiens. Lots of changes in the NHL. I think it's really interesting. First of all, St. Louis, um, even now as a retired player, might be the best player in the Canadiens organization. Oh, 
and then he froze. The joys of Zoom. You just froze like that. You just froze like it's like, like we will tomorrow morning when it's the, under the blizzard watch. He just, he, his face, he had a brilliant thing, but you're absolutely right. The, the, the Montreal Canadiens are not a very good hockey team right now, and the coach always pays the price for a team that's not very good. Uh, obviously, this leads up to the fact that uh, the the uh, the powers that be that make decisions on who to sign and so on, uh, they're the ones who are, the, are to blame. They're now paying three coaches salaries in the Montreal system because the last two coaches have been let go. They'll be paid for an extended period of time. Dave Tippett was gone, is now gone. Kenny Holland uh, is to blame for that because uh, he did not give the players to, in support of um, to support the superstars they have, the Connor McDavid, uh, Leon Dreisaitl. You know, they're scoring about 40% in the power play. And, and yet they can't win games uh, because they're not very good defensively and they're not playing very well within this, a defensive system whatsoever. So uh, there's all sorts of things going on in the National Hockey League right now. And right now Dave Tippett is out of a job and Martin St. Louis also now steps into the job as the Montreal Canadiens coach. He came, believe it or not, Paulie, he was coaching a peewee hockey team just last week and now he's coaching the Montreal Canadiens. I, I know I've got that kind of a resume myself, but... Uh, I don't think I get hired to, to coach the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. And I see Scott now is back. You had a brilliant thought there, right there, Scott, on on Martin Saint, Martin Saint Louis being the best player in the Montreal Canadiens system. He's speaking. Come on, turn on the volume. The turn best player that the Canadians have. Um, what a disaster in Montreal. Truly a disaster. Um, a team that went as far as it did last year, a team that looked real good in the playoffs last year, and it just completely fell apart in the offseason. The coaching hasn't helped. The goaltending hasn't helped. Losing Carey Price really hurt them. It's a mess in Montreal. But the most interesting deal I thought today was Dave Tippett losing his job. People expected it to happen. He had decided to keep going with Mike Smith as his goaltender. But Edmonton's not far out of the playoffs. Edmonton has Connor McDavid and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Although, when you stop and think about it, as great a player as Connor McDavid is, and he is truly one of the greats of the National Hockey League, he's had four coaches in three seasons. And Ryan Nugent Hopkins, over his 11 seasons, has had 12 coaches. You got to wonder about Edmonton. Either they're firing coaches way too often and not building any kind of continuity, or they got a whole bunch of guys who get coaches fired on that team. You know, and it's interesting, Scott. Uh, last week we gave the over-under. How many games would Evander Kane play? F- over 15 or under 15? I guess we should have put the over and under on Coach Dave Tippett. Yeah, maybe. Um, I, I didn't believe he was going to get axed last week. Um, as this week went on and they got beat 4 nothing by Vegas. I mean, you lose 4 nothing to Vegas and the next night Vegas gets beat 6 nothing in Calgary. Um, you know Ken Holland is going to make a move. And he's not a guy who's normally the type who fires coaches in midseason, at least not based on his track record, but um, he did it today. He pulled the plug. Is Ken Holland, the general manager, to blame for some of this? Ha- has to be because, yes, you've got Connor McDavid. You've got the superstars. But goaltending's always going been the question. Uh, Smith played well last game, but, you know, they, they still needed to find the goaltender, and they haven't found that yet. Is that part of Holland's problem? Is that his fault? That's it. That, he's the guy who's got to go and find a goalie. They, they better find one soon. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we found a goalie, and his nick and his name is Kevin Gorg. Bally Sports North, a, a vaunted, a, a feared goaltender 
in his days of playing high school hockey in the state of Minnesota. Uh, welcome, welcome back to Game On Hockey. And, and, and I'll let Scott and you converse here real briefly. Both of you are avid horse guys. So I'm going to let Scott ask you a couple of questions about the Kentucky Derby because he's looking for the winner and the big, the big parlay and the big, the big parlay. I, I really need to find a winner. And I've seen most of the horses in the top six or seven of the futures. And I'm not in love with any of them. I like them. I'm not in love. I need your tips, Kevin, who's going to win the Derby. Well, it's too early. That's the, the bottom line. We uh, we've got a lot of time and a lot of, a lot of prep races before we get into the, the real nut cutting of finding a Kentucky Derby winner. You don't want to look for Bob Baffert, unfortunately with what he's going through. Um, you know, he's got a bunch of really good youngsters out on the West coast. Uh, they continue to dominate. We had another one named Messier last week that looked awesome winning uh, unless they change uh, Barnes and go under a different trainer's name. Um, you might not want to be locking in on a, a Derby staple known as Bob Baffert. I, I still think the next month, to six weeks, we're going to get a much better window into who some of these top contenders are. And for my money, I think it's going to come from the East Coast because Baffert dominates the West Coast. Uh, the horses that aren't as good as his horses aren't going to be good enough to beat uh, the horses you see on the East Coast. Trainers like Todd Pletcher and Brad Cox will have plenty of big-time players to bring to Louisville on the first Saturday in May. Tell us about Ken McPeak. People like Smile Happy. Um, they like Rattle and Roll. Um, what are your thoughts? <laughs> You know, McPeak's a trainer that always uh, seems to find horses that are, are bred for a distance of ground. So I like that. Run Happy, of course, the sire of the first horse you mentioned. That horse was brilliant um, at a one-mile distance, at a seven-furlong distance, at a mile and a quarter. We're still yet to really know um, if that horse is going to have the pedigree to have his offspring go that classic distance. But I, I like what I've seen early on, and I'm a huge fan of Kenny McPeak. He's one of those you know, trainers you don't think about when you think of Breeders' Cup or, or Triple Crown races right off the top of your head, but he's as honest as the day is long. Um, he's in the game for the right reasons, and he'd be a guy that I can support winning a Kentucky Derby because he's put so many horses in the gate over the years at Churchill Downs at all levels. Well, as they say, it gets late early around this neck of the woods, and that is Kevin Gorg, and this is Scott Taylor. I'm Travis Dunn. This is Game on Hockey, by the way. This is not a horse racing show, but you know what? We have to change it up a little bit once in a while on a, on a, on a well, it's been an up-and-down, turbulent February day around here weather-wise and into a blizzard warning today after tomorrow, tonight and tomorrow after a 40-degree day today after snow this morning. So, uh, yeah, the craziness that, but you talk about getting late early. Uh, the Minnesota Wild... Uh, on a good roll, Kevin, and then going into Winnipeg, Winnipeg played extremely well. I think they took the game away from them more so than the Wild didn't play to a different level. Your thoughts? Winnipeg was awesome. Uh, you know, we did the game the other night, and I, I was super impressed with what the Jets put out there. They played their absolute A game, starting with Connor Hellebuck, <clears throat> working through that lineup. They were the more desperate team, and both teams had to shake off the rust that the All-Star break provided and Winnipeg seemed to handle that a lot better and no excuses. They, uh, they earned that win. They were the better team that particular night. And I don't think it was a big surprise. Minnesota had had that remarkable comeback in their home opener. Uh, and then they came back and thumped them seven, one on black Friday. So you knew the jets had this, this state circle in the calendar. I'm excited to see the rematch next week. Uh, Felino will be back after his two game suspension, which I'm sure we'll get into, but uh, for the wild, I'm not one bit worried. I, I love the way this team has played here in the first half. I love the potential they have to be not only a playoff team, but a, a team that can make a run of the cup. And I, I think that, you know, right now, 
that one game probably be a good wake up call for them, knowing that they're playing a, a really good team in Carolina this weekend. Um, I agree with you. I think that's a team that can not just run at it, but win the Stanley cup. Who do you run with in goal? Who's your goaltender? Great question. Um, I love the fact that you've got Capo Kakinen right now playing as well as he is, because that's going to push Cam Talbot to be better. And I think Talbot's been very good. He was in the all-star game for a reason. I think Talbot's the number one. And I think Kakinen is the one A. And what I, what I mean by that is you're going to play your final 40 games in 77 nights, and you're going to need to rely on both guys. So I think they're both going to play close to 20 games. I think it's going to be a fairly close to even split barring COVID or an injury or something. I think you're going to probably see Talbot play 23, 24 games, see Kakinen play 16, 17 games down the stretch. And then, you know, the option for Dean Evans and this coaching staff is going to be, let's say you draw St. Louis or Nashville in the first round of the playoffs. And let's say Talbot wins games one and two and looks great doing it. Then they go down on the road and let's say they play a game at Nashville or St. Louis and they get B5-1. You can come back with Kakinen and have that confidence because you know, the one thing you've learned this year is he's a better goalie than he was last year. And I think he learned from that slide he had second half of the season. And so right now he's got the final, uh, you know, half of the year to prove that that was not uh, who he is. And for Cam Talbot, I think the fact that Kakinen's played so well, it'll push him to uh, greater heights in the second half as well. Do you buy into the theory that goaltenders tend to get better when the players in front of them are better? I think this is as solid a defense as I've seen in a long time. Well, if you look at Talbot's numbers in Edmonton and compare them to what he's had here in Minnesota, your, your point is, is quite valid. Um, you know, goaltenders goal seem to go the wrong way when they play in Edmonton. And Edmonton has tremendous talent, especially up front. They don't play great defense. The high danger chances that they give up, if you look at the analytics of the game, which is kind of where all professional sports are going, they give up much, much more dangerous scoring chances than this wild team is. This wild team is built from the back end out. They've got a mobile aggressive, good set of defensemen. And I've talked with both Talbot and Kakinen about this the last couple of years about playing in front of this defense. And, and they both have said how much easier it is when you've got a group that not only takes care of the second and third looks, but gives you the right looks on the first shot. They don't give up those danger chances right high in the spot or around the blue paint. They force players to the outside. They do that with speed and with skill. And so, yeah, I think there's something to that for sure. It's not going to take away from the way these guys have played. They've both played really well. But I think in this system with this group of defensemen and a group of forwards that also play really hard in both ends, I think it matters. Yeah, you talk about the commitment, Kevin, that uh, they made the Greenway. $9 million, three-year contract just recently. Uh, this team is playing with a swagger that a Minnesota Wild slash North Star team has never played with before. Uh, this, is, this team has a significant amount of confidence. Yeah, it's a quiet confidence. They're, they're not real brash about it. They're not real cocky. When you see these guys, they're pretty down-to-earth bunch. But you see it in the way they've played this year. You know, and, and you've watched this team play in certain games. I point to that game against Ovechkin in the Capitals where they had nine regulars out. They rose to the occasion. I point to a win in Boston in Matt Boldy's NHL debut. I point to wins against Tampa Bay on home ice. Quality teams where they have kind of stepped their game up. They have this confidence about them where they, they believe they're one of the elite teams in the league. And I think it starts with the, the general manager, Bill Guerin, the tone that he has set for this organization. Uh, there's been a dramatic change in that position. And I think it's filtered through the coaching staff and then just watching the way the leaders in this room. And when I say leaders, I'm not just talking about Spurgeon, Dumba, and Felino. Matt Zuccarello has a much bigger voice this year. Jewel Erickson Eck is a guy that leads, especially by example in practice with how hard he works. The leadership group of this hockey team has an expectation so when these young guys come in, it isn't just fit in and 
try not to get beat. It's fit in and we're here to win boys. We're not here just to go out there and play. We're here to win. And I think you've seen some of these young players kind of pick up that baton and run with it. Look at the way Boldy's played. Look at the way Connor Dewar's played uh, and, and Duhame. These young guys have stepped in and they've done more than just fill a void. They've played at a high level. And I think that the leaders have kind of set that tone. What does Dean Everson have to do with that? The calming influence that he is, there's no panic to him as a head coach. If you watch this guy on a daily basis, everything is methodical and it's thoughtful. And he incorporates the same, he asks the team to be inclusive and to have everybody have a voice. And he's the same way with his coaching staff. And I know it was symbolic when, when Bill Guerin gave him that extension that he waited until the assistant coaches got the same extension, but it's more than just that. Like when you talk to Dean Everson, when he does a press conference, and we had that big comeback against Winnipeg in the home opener. He, he talks about uh, the assistant coaches like Jonas Plum that run our video department that made that decision to challenge the goal. When Darby Hendrickson is working with somebody specifically on, uh, on the power player on faceoffs, he singles that coach out for the work that he has done. He doesn't look to take the credit. And then around the team, um, it's just a very calm, quiet, confident guy. And so when they have a bad period like they did in Madison Square Garden a couple weeks ago, during the Lundquist uh, celebration, he didn't come in the room and say a word. Matt Zuccarello took over the room. And he talked about that in the post-game presser when they said, hey, you must have really shook the paint off the wall in that first intermission. He said, no, I didn't come in and say a word. It was Matt Zuccarello. So he gives credit to the other uh, either coaches or players that help this team. And I think the players really respect that. Well, and Kevin, one question I do have to ask, and a friend of mine pointed this out today, the cupboard is not bare down in the minor hockey leagues for the Iowa Wild. They have uh, Rossi and some players that are are chomping at the bit to get into this lineup as well. So do the, do the players, are the, I mean, the, the wild players today don't think too much about the guys down below chomping at that bit, but it has to be in the back of their mind knowing that their, their cupboard is pretty full. Yeah, we saw Beckman come in during training camp, score a couple of goals in a preseason game. Marco Rossi is going to be a big-time player for this organization. He's going to be the center of the future. You look at that spot right now being held by Freddie Gaudreau. At some point, you have to feel like Rossi is that guy. And then you think of Kalen Addison. And, you know, when he gets called up, the offensive skill that he's shown, he looks like a, another version of Jared Spurgeon. So, yeah, you're right. The, I've been doing this since 2006, guys, and I've yet to see a team this good on the ice, and I've yet to feel this good about the future of the Minnesota Wild. And this was a critical time for them. The, the, the Suter and Parisi thing cannot be understated. Those were great players hardworking guys. Uh, great to have them in this organization. If you were going to make that move in your Bill Guerin, you better know that some young guys can fill the void because the young guys are the ones that can be on those entry-level contracts that can really relieve some of that salary cap pressure. And so that's the, the roll of the dice that Bill Guerin had to make. And he did so because of your point, because of the young talent in the next couple of years that's going to make their way to St. Paul. We're seeing it right now with Duhame and Dewar and Boldy. And I think you're going to see it with the two guys I mentioned and maybe a guy like Beckman next year because it's going to get tougher and tougher. So you need team-friendly deals for Hartman. You need a team-friendly deal uh, for Jordan Greenway that you guys brought up. These are the type of deals that are going to allow you to keep a lot of these players here. And it was always going to be a challenge unless you had younger players step in. That's the voice of, uh, well, Kevin Gorg. He does it so very well. Valley Storts North, uh, next game coming up here right around the corner for the Wild. Really appreciate you jumping on board talking Kentucky Derby, but of course, uh, our favorite team in the area, the Minnesota Wild. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the Derby. We're already counting down to that. And and with this wild season, I think we're going to be playing uh, wild hockey during that Derby festivity, <laughs> if not all the way through the Triple Crown. <laughs> 
regular season goes to the end of April. So we're going to be in the first round of the playoffs during the Derby, second round of the playoffs during the Preakness. And if the Wild keep going, I could see either a conference final or a Stanley Cup button up against the Belmont Stakes. So the Wild could, you know, take us right through the Triple Crown. Wouldn't that be something? Well, it gives us something to look forward to, like we don't need more things to look forward to in the springtime, and that's this white stuff going away. Kevin Gorg, thanks very much. Valley Sports North, you're doing so well. Appreciate you jumping on board. We'll do this again soon. Fun to be on, guys. Have a great night. Yeah, that's, thanks, Kevin. Yes, Kevin Gorg. I uh, appreciate him jumping on board with us. Uh, great information. I hope you appreciated that great deep dive by Kevin Gorg, both into the uh, into the horse racing world as well as the world of the Minnesota Wild. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Well, Scott and I'll wrap this whole gig up and uh, send you off into UND men's basketball at 630. Listen to a game on hockey on 790 KFJ on 104.7 FM. News Radio. KFGO. Ah, welcome back to Game on Hockey with Scott Taylor. I'm Travis Dunn. Again, each and every Thursday evening at 5.30. Eventually, it'll go to 6 o'clock when UND basketball is no, much, no longer playing during their season. But tonight, UND men's basketball at 6.30 at St. Thomas. So make sure to stay tuned for that. Uh, of course, Minnesota Wild Hockey on, the, on these uh, stations as well. Each and every game that they have all season long. We appreciate Kevin Gorg for joining us. We appreciate Dakota McIntosh, the newest member of the Fargo Force, for joining us in the first segment. Uh, next week, we have the Hercus Circus. And Scott and I are looking forward to that. And I'll go back to that, Scott. Uh, when you The first time you met Bob Joyce and, and realized what a hockey talent he was. Tell us that story. Well, he was about 14 or 15 um, playing Bantam. And um, he was kind of the talk of the town. He was the big scorer up here. Um, it, it was obvious he was going to have a future as a, as a um, doing anything he wanted to do and chose to go the, the route to the University of North Dakota uh, as opposed to uh, trying to play in the Western Hockey League. He was one of the early guys to do that um, after that situation arose where you couldn't play both. And he... he um, he made the right decision, obviously, because he got an NHL career out of it and ended up in uh, in Florida as a pilot and has had a pretty great life. Um, so it'll be interesting to talk to Bobby. I haven't talked to Bob probably in 15 years, so it's going to be nice to have an opportunity to talk to him um, next week. But I really appreciate Kevin Gord. I pre- Gorg, I appreciate what he said um, tonight about the way the Jets played that hockey game. That was a team that had seven or eight regulars out of the lineup. They had a number of... Um, of uh, Manitoba Moose players in the lineup. They had guys that don't get a lot of ice time and they really stepped up and played a, a pretty tremendous hockey game. Um, and it says a lot about the, the, the way the Jets are right now. This is a team that is going to have to depend a lot on their Manitoba Moose players, on guys that you know well, like Austin Pagansky. Um, uh, and those are the guys that are going to have to step up for this team if they're going to make the playoffs. If they're going to make the playoffs, I will stick to my guns and say they got to win at some point, like run off a 10 in a row streak. That's the only way this team's going to get in. And they're going to have to do it with guys like Austin Pagansky in the future. So it'll be interesting to see what happens to them. And the update on uh, COVID protocol, uh, Neil Pionk has now passed through the protocol. So he's back, going to be back in the lineup. And uh, Austin Pagansky also just came off of the protocol. So he'll be available to the Winnipeg Jets. We talk about the ups and downs. We talk about what you have to have in the, st- in the, in the stable and more than ever in the National Hockey League, that is extremely important given COVID and all the circumstances that come around that. that. Well, it's all about depth. You've never been able to really win, really carry on through the playoffs without depth in your lineup. And, and the Jets are proving to themselves that they might have had more depth than they thought 
If there was one major criticism of Paul Maurice as head coach, it's that he didn't go to his young guys enough. Now Dave Lowry's going to those young guys and finding out that people like Pogansky, Johnny Kovacevic, um, they can play hockey. They're not bad. Vili Hinala, they deserve to be in the National Hockey League. Um, Cole Perfetti, the 20-year-old or 19-year-old, it's, um, it's, it's going to be very, very important that these guys play as well as they did the other night against Minnesota um, as this season goes along, if they intend to make the playoffs. And you're right. It's all about depth, and they need it now. And you talk about the Minnesota Wild. We went back into the conversations of did they have to blow the team up? You know, obviously Parise, et cetera. There was a lot of turmoil in that in the in the wild world there for quite a while. Did, did anybody anticipate that they would turn things around this quickly? They went from a stable that wasn't very full to now overflowing and a team that really can make a run at the Stanley Cup. I agree with Kevin. It starts with Garen. It goes through Dean Evison, and I'm and I've known Dean Evison a long, long time and believe he is one of the best coaches in the National Hockey League and has been for a long, long time, even as an assistant. Um, so it goes through them, but it goes through the, the, the decision Garen made. They had to get younger. They knew they had to get younger. They knew they'd have to give up last year to be younger and better this year. Well, boy, Kirill Kaprizov has turned out to be the player they thought he was. Matt Dumba has turned out to be the player they protected him for. Um, this is a team with a lot of really good parts. It's tough up front. It's tough on the back end, and the goaltending is better than anybody would have expected. Nobody thought Cam Talbot would be a lot better than he was in Edmonton. He has been, and Kakinen has been superb. This is a team that can go a long way, and when I said to Kevin, I think that they're a Stanley Cup contender, I really think they're one of the two or three best teams in the NHL. Yeah, you know, and it, and it turned around very quickly, and that wasn't anything that anybody, anybody anticipated a year and a half, two years ago. And and by the way, I have to say this, the Golf Center in Grand Forks has been in business for over 35 years. Golf season is right around the corner, I promise you. Uh, custom uh, club fitting, ping, PXG, Titleist, as well as tailor-made, as well as custom putter fitting and SkyTrack as well. Get that practice in the in the garage before those uh, before the snow melts and you'll hit the ground running uh, when the snow does finally get away from us. And uh, you can indeed stop in at 3001 South Columbia Road in Grand Forks or call 701-775-0019. Uh, Brian Leach and the man with the fancy shoes, they'll take care of you and tell them if Travis sent you because that actually did happen. Somebody walked into their golf center, Scott. Uh, somebody's listening out there, went in and bought golf clubs from the golf center because I told them to do so. That's, uh, uh, that's a, nice, a nice feeling to know that people are listening to our, our show each and every Thursday. Well, I truly would have thought it was because people knew your handicap. And if you bought your clubs there, then <laughs> the only way to be as good as Travis <laughs> yeah. is, to, is to purchase the club from, from the golf center. I mean, I, that, that's what my response to that would have been. Yes, and you know what? Uh, yeah, with that, we're going to say good, goodbye to Scott Taylor. You can go watch some more Olympics and uh, you know, and, and enjoy that. So good night, good night, Scott. We'll talk to you uh, next Thursday at 5.30 back here on Game on Hockey. Uh, a great guest. Thank you very much to Dakota McIntosh. Uh, good luck with the Fargo Forest. Be out watching that Winnipeg native as he starts his career coming down from Fairbanks. He's a big young man. He's going to do very well in the lineup and help carry Eads and his team. The Pilot Mound Academy, Rod's call, Rod Collins, well, he worked at Shattuck St. Mary's. Uh, Notre Dame Academy. He's worked with some of the best out there. And so the, if you're looking for an academy, somewhere to go play the game of hockey, the U18 has now been added to that equation. And, of course, Kevin Gorg with Bally Sports North. Stay tuned for UND Men's Basketball at 630 for Polly Lines. For Scott Taylor, I'm Travis Dunn. Join me Saturday morning on Around the Rink. 
Uh, we'll look forward to joining you. We hope, we hope you'll join me there at 9 o'clock uh, bright and early with your cup of coffee on Saturday. Thanks for joining us. We'll do this again next week. Good night for now. <laughs>